Hey there, fans of the Wretched Hive. Before we get to the show, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of the Audible service just by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's spelled H-I-V-E. From there, you can get over 180,000 titles to choose from that you can play on your iPhone, over Android, if you have a Kindle, one of those, or even if you're still stuck on one of them MP3 players. Maybe even a Zune if that's still out there. Are those still out there? They're probably still out there. You can play it on a Zune, I'm sure, because they took MP3s. Why not? Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? We'll never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Are all Star Wars standalone films on hold? Have they been canceled? If you believe some sources of Star Wars news, they have been. And uh, But, you know, we'll sort it out for you because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, June 22nd, 2018, episode 64 of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and four-fifths of the Hive is our present. And we'll start it off as we always do with the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Whoa, 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 Stevie B. It is so good to be here. I'm needing a little Star Wars love. It is swinging into the summer, hot summer season right now, mm. and we've got movies on the horizon. We've got Comic-Con on the horizon, and it's only like 19 years until Episode Nine comes out right now. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's like 19 years away. It's over 500 days away. We get a nice little break now. From many releases, although there's an animated show coming this uh, fall, Ooh. we got that to look forward to, and one of these days we're going to get the live action show, right? That's in production, we've heard. The, the yeah. John Favreau one, for sure. Exactly, yep, that's coming. Uh, also on the show tonight, he is a lifelong Star Wars fan, Scotty Vansky. Oh, thank you, Steve. Thank you so much. Uh, i got to tell you, tonight I have uh, turned over a new leaf. I am... Um, oh. I've been working out. Have you? Yeah, I'm getting in shape okay. for my rum drinking body for the summer. <laughs> you're looking good. You, yeah. you, you look like you've got the rum. You're in rum shape, I, I am, think. I yeah. Feeling good. Looking strong. I'm All right. Back, backing off the Irish whiskey and moving over to the uh, Jamaican rum. That's what do you right. got here tonight? That That's is. a nice looking bottle there, actually. Yeah. Sailor Jerry's Ooh. and uh, with a little bit of ginger beer. It's a, it's a great mix tonight. Beautiful. Uh, not on the show tonight so far. He is the captain of the Millennial Falcon. Hopefully he'll be joining us at some point. Uh, we have not heard from the Cap, so hopefully he'll be calling in eventually. Hope so. Yeah, we, we miss you. We, we do, we, we do. We miss you, Nico. <laughs> and finally. Dirk Hardpeck. <laughs> we have... Fridge, large meats. Dave! Hack Blowfist. Under, under no circumstances. Thick McRunfast. Should you ever. Punch rock groin. And I mean. Buff drink lots. 
<laughs> Ever! Crunch butt steaks. Call him. We put our faith in blast hard cheese. <laughs> Harry. Big, McLarge, huge. Butter. <laughs> Big, large, huge. Oh, God. Oh, my God. WTF. <laughs> <laughs> so my game now is to try to, like, identify the source, and I cannot identify that. I don't know where yeah, that's I, from. I have no idea. <laughs> well, unless you're fans of Mystery Science Theater, um, oh, you won't know what that is. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. But well. I, highly, I highly suggest looking it up. Space Mutiny by on the uh, with the MS, M, uh, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guys. It's on YouTube. <sighs> Space Mutiny. Look it up. You won't be sorry. Strong. All right. And MSC3K can't go wrong. No. But hey, hey, good afternoon. Good evening, good morning to you, wherever, whenever, however you are listening to us. Thank you to my favorite rebel scum, Steve Baldwin, for the intro. We are 4x4 tonight, as he said, not 5x5, but that could change. Stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned, true believers. And uh, it has been a a busy couple of weeks, and I know there's some breaking news that you're talking about, but here's my question. Akin to a tree falling in a forest when no one's around, does it make a sound? If you cancel an unannounced project, is it actually a cancellation? Possibly <laughs> not, but but Hello. we have some good sources. Not CBR News here. We got good. Did I say that out loud? Yeah, there goes yeah, our sponsor, shoot, Steve. Thanks shoot. a lot. Sorry, man. this show sponsored These ones by are sources with <laughs> knowledge. Sources with knowledge. Guys. Well, I've got, well I, that let that remains to be seen. Let's be clear. I've Let's got an audio. I've got an audio clip that's extremely convincing. So. Uh, Hold, when, when we get to the news, I can't wait to can't wait for you guys to hear this and react because it's I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, it's. I'm pretty sure that's your dog Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> that was on the pre-show. Sandy made an appearance. Uh, and if you've ever made an appearance on our pre-show, you can call us and let us know all about it by calling the Wretched Hive hotline at five six two four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five hive. That's H-I-V-E, and why do we spell hive? It's in case you can't spell hive, Steve. You're goddamn right (laughs) it is. And also you can find us online at um, www.theretchedhive.net. You can uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast, on Twitter at Wretched Hive Pod, and uh, Instagram now. Instagram at uh, theretchedhive77. Now, guys, before we get into the... uh, news we've got a few things to cover first of all we're picking up new listeners all the time sweet and uh sounds so dirty we've talked about the <laughs> fact new, new listeners dave not nude listeners oh new listeners. i was well i was focusing on the picking up thing but whatever <laughs> we've hey, uh, you want to check out a podcast we've, uh-huh. we've well we've picked up nude hosts as well i don't know scott Put some Always. clothes on, bro. Yeah, I, I will, I will. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> no, we have new listeners, and guys, the, the show is going a little bit global. We've got listeners from, check this out, just in the last month, yeah. we had listeners from India. Nice. We've had one or two before, but we've picked up some more. Australia, Germany, uh, South Africa. Wow. Tuning into the show. South Africa. <laughs> and mostly, though, from the UK. Which there's a lot of Star Wars fans in in England and the UK, and I've I've been meaning to do this for a while. In all honesty, in all seriousness, welcome UK listeners. We love you guys. We're so glad you listen to the show. London is just a fantastic city. I love 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 England. 
I am actually rooting for England in the World Cup. I'm, I'm kind of following uh, the World Cup. I'm into the soccer right now, the football. And uh, so welcome, everyone, to the show. And we really want to hear from you guys. If you can afford a long-distance call, call our hotline and tell us you're listening because uh, we'd love to play your voice on the air. Now, huh? Steve, I don't want to burst your bubble because that was a lovely, lovely ode to England you gave there. But aren't we like kind of like Facebook friend type people with an Irish uh, mm. stormtrooper group that's out there or something like that? Yeah, uh, members of the 501st. Yeah. Irish right, so, Garrison. So be- yes. So before you start sucking on England's dick there, maybe you should give <laughs> Ireland a little love. <laughs> wow. Cue, cue, cue the sound effect, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, no, Ireland. <laughs> Absolutely, we want to uh, we want to go down on Ireland too. Let's face it. Um, you know what? If they're really. the ones listening, and you just and you just thanked England so much, they're going to be pissed. <laughs> Man, that's a great that's a great point. Well, if you're pissed, we want to we even more so. We want to hear from you guys. So uh, no, but in all seriousness, thanks for tuning in, and we love that you guys listen to the show. So yeah. and and go England. <laughs> is Ireland in the World Cup? I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. think so. If, if they don't, if they don't play it on ice, I don't follow it. Mm, okay, mm. all right. Uh, wow, our... the Dodgers are going to be really disappointed to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the Dodgers are playing well now. We've yeah. come yeah, back a long way. Turn... Oh yeah, are they over five hundred now? Yes, we are. Of course, we are. They they're like twenty seven and like seven in their last for like the last thirty five yeah. games or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Thirty four games if the mat adds up adds up right. Yep. Dropped one to Chicago tonight, but uh or earlier today, but that's all right. We'll come back. Wait, wait, wake me up if we get to the postseason again. It's not like there's not nine thousand games in the season for them to catch up on. <laughs> well, it's a terrible division. I think San Diego in last place is seven games behind, so it's Damn. it's gonna be tight. Well, if Dodger Talk didn't get you excited, this certainly will. Scott, do you own The Last Jedi? Uh, no, I do not. You are fake news. Wow. I think that Jameson has, has warped Scott's brain over the years, and I think he's just blacked out all of the 90s. Don't be rude. I just want things to be factually correct. Is that too much to ask? Is that really too much to ask? <laughs> we are fighting the fake news. It's fake. Phony. Fake. Okay, let me take a deep breath and a big <laughs> swig of Jameson's. Here we go. Because I've been nice to Scott. Scott! Hello, Scott. Oh, oh, oh my God! It's ridiculous. Scott Watch 2018. That's right, our recurring segment, Scott Watch 2018. There are many, Scott, out there, many of our listeners who think it's fake news that uh, you do not own a copy of The Last Jedi, especially given your love for other much maligned Star Wars, including... Uh, the I was going to say, especially hosts of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Scott, um, give us an update. Uh, do you yet own a copy of The Last Jedi? Well, considering that The Last Jedi was released on March 27th for digital download, mm. I'm looking at around 84 days. Is that correct? 60, we got 20 days. Jesus, Scott, if you ask this group to do math an hour later, we're still going to be here. <laughs> math is really hard, but I'm going to take your word for it. Okay, yeah. about 80, 84 days 80, or 85 80, days. Yeah, yeah, right around there. Uh, I am going to say... 21, 22, whatever it takes. No, I do not own The Last Jedi. Okay. What date what did it come out? May 27? Yes. March. March no, March, March. Did I say May? Damn it. March 27. March 27. So... Today. Our crack uh, in intern. I'm see if I can figure that out, but I can't. Never mind. <laughs> All right, so we're looking uh, at 84 days or so that you've resisted. Yeah. 
Have you seen the uh, the documentary? I have not. Oh my god. Oh, that's so sad. It is, yeah. isn't it? That it's... actually hurts my soul a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I've I've got four. It's so good. Supposed friends on the show. <laughs> quick, qu- quick update, guys. Thank nope. God we thank God we finally get this resolved. It has been eighty-five days. Eighty-five days. Ah, oh, man. See more I'm... fake news. More, more fake news more from fake you. News. Wow. <laughs> Nobody wants to invite me over to watch a damn documentary. I'm okay with that. And, and none of us will. And why are we gonna? Why are we rewarding your bad behavior? Now, I will invite oh. you over, Scott. But we are not fucking watching that documentary. Have you watched? <laughs> <laughs> have you watched the? Fa- have you watched the Phantom Menace in the last eighty four, eighty five days? That is a great question. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I seriously have. I love it. Oh my god! What is wrong with you? I did not expect that question. <laughs> I well, I, guys, when you gotta rub one out, that's what that's your go-to. I mean, that's what you gotta do. I am so glad I didn't spray uh, raspberry lime <laughs> soda all over were, my man. computer just now. Oh, I'm seriously tearing up for that um, one. That's great. Okay, so I just want to get this. Let's. <laughs> all right, let me just clarify because this is this is big. So hashtag Christine Holka was right. It's been 85 days that you've had the opportunity to purchase the electronic version of this film and just to watch the documentary alone that we have said over and over is worth the price of admission. You haven't done that, but you have watched Jar Jar Binks. It's even worse than that. Misa So Sorry. You, actually, did you watch it on VHS? No, no, no. Oh, uh, thank I've, Christ. I've actually... <laughs> I do have it on VHS, though. Uh, no, I've also watched the... I think it was... Um, I want to. It's not a fan film, but it was put together as kind of a joke. I've seen... And own on DVD, R2-D2, Beneath the Dome, the documentary where he goes like on a well, bender and it's great. <laughs> and you watched that I during did. this oh, time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, oh, all yeah. right. It's fantastic. Have you, did you watch the Star Wars Christmas special? No. In I, the last 84 days. All right. I, I unofficially own a copy of that. How about that? Wow. Yeah. I haven't watched it. Wow. Breaking news here. Breaking news. On the Wretched Hive, Scott Ivansky clearly has an affinity for episode one. I do. And yet uh, will not watch maybe the greatest Star Wars documentary ever produced. <laughs> oh, wow. Slow wow. down there. Wow. Stevie B. All right. <laughs> Slow yeah, I down gotta, there. I, 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 uh, I got I to gotta raise a hand for Empire of <laughs> Dreams. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> well, this has been Scott. But... <laughs> yeah. but point still remains all right well that's some serious news but let's get to into uh okay. some other stuff i'm ready i'm ready it's not it. show related from abc news world headquarters this is abc world news tonight no it's not it's star wars news with the wretched hive so be it well boy where do we begin guys there's a lot of crap being Long around by the monkeys in the Star Wars cage right now, and it's a hard uh, time to be a Star Wars fan. It I'm is. Not, a, I'm not gonna lie. No, and, and just, no. it's just the, the the Star Wars fans are pissing me off. Star it's Wars. a hard time to just be like in society and on the internet right now. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars is 
part of a larger problem that we have going on. Yeah, and that's interesting. Maybe we should. Uh, I'm not sure if we're, we're prepared for this, but I wonder if we can we can talk about how the the Star Wars, the state of Star Wars fandom right now, is almost a reflection of some other parts of uh, of what's going on in in America at this point with. Uh, the state of our uh, presidency and um, some of the voices that uh, have been given rise to uh, to be able to feel like they can they can speak out and and share their uh, beliefs no matter how crazy and how offensive uh, there may be something to that and and we're gonna start with something that we really didn't cover last time and this this happened several weeks ago this is the uh, the persecution of Kelly Marie Tran. Star Wars, uh, an actress, an actor, I should say, in, in, uh, in The Last Jedi. She played Rose, of course. Was essentially bullied off of the internet by trolls. Um, although she has not come out to, to confirm that. Many of her co-stars have. And uh, she basically dropped off of the social media planet, closed out her Instagram account, um, and left um, after being really bullied, after her uh, Wikipedia page was vandalized by quote-unquote fans of the series. And we didn't really talk about this when it happened. Uh, it happened right at pu- show publication uh, two weeks ago. So just wanted to get your take on this, guys, the Kelly Marie Trans situation and how it relates to the anger uh, that some Star Wars fans have, uh, if you can call them that, for our franchise. What what do you guys what do you guys make of this? Well, I'm I'm just gonna say right off the bat, it's despicable. It's people should be embarrassed that this is what they re- resort to is is the the just unnecessary bullying of a of another human being on a social media page where you have the safety of anonymity where you can just hide behind your fucking name and your 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 avatar and not have to give out your name or or receive any backlash for it um you know it's similar to what was seen with uh jake lloyd too i mean that guy went through some shit as well and he says for years that it fucked him up but it's 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 too bad i mean this is why we can't have nice things, guys. Yeah, that's a great point. This is not the first time that hatred and vitriol has has surfaced in the Star Wars fan universe. Um, a huge difference between now and then is that back then it seemed to be directed at George um, and the failings of his movie-making skills and the choices that he made... Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think social media was a thing, at least to the extent that it is now. Not like it is now. In, in, it's, you know, in 99. That stuff. Right. You, yeah. you, you maybe had GeoCities and maybe the beginnings of MySpace when uh, Revenge of the Sith, Sith came out. Yeah. Right. Uh, so now with fans being able to basically interact directly with the stars of the film and to voice their opinions... Uh, we have a situation where, to quote one Star Wars author, shitty Star Wars fans can bully people offline. And and Scott, all, you know, all, all all joking aside about the Last Jedi, you can agree that it's a good film or not. Yeah. Uh, there are fans that take it to this extreme, and I don't know how to say it. It's sort of a. It's just a. It's an odd time to be a Star Wars fan. Look, I. I don't like The Last Jedi for certain reasons. That doesn't mean I hate the movie, and I'm not going to certainly attack 
the people that were involved in it. I don't agree with necessarily the character and the development that they had for um, Kelly Marie Tran's character in it. That doesn't mean I go and I attack that person. I have a, a, legi a legitimate voice as a fan to disagree with the way things are done. But the way mm -hmm. that these people are doing this, uh, a new voice has risen in our society, this online society where horrible, despicable people think it's okay to act a certain way. We get on here and we have normal discourse and discussion and arguments and debate, but we all are in some way, for the most part, respectable to each other and to the, the franchise that we love. I can't tolerate these types of things, these types of people. I'm going to say this as politely as I, as I can right now because the last thing I'm going to say right now is those types of fans are exactly what they are. They're douchebag turd assholes. Stop it. Learn how to have normal conversations with people, whether it's about politics, whether it's about religion. You can disagree all you want. Whether it's about your favorite franchise like Star Wars, get over this madness. Stop doing this. It's not right to go out and attack people based off of, you know, what it, I mean, what drove her off of there is some of the most despicable stuff. And I see it everywhere. Yeah. You know, I dislike the current administration. If you if we're talking about politics, that doesn't mean I have a right to go like just harass and, and say the most disgusting things. And like Greg said earlier, hide behind an avatar, you know, stand up and, and learn how to speak to people and have a, a normal conversation or a debate or an argument where you're not just screaming at each other in each other's faces or calling them some derogatory terms or names or horrible horrible people except for the people i'm calling out right now <laughs> well what, what, what i don't well, and go ahead just Dave. to build on that real quick yeah these people that we're talking about and i'm going to use the term people very loosely yeah, yeah. i agree yeah they're not fans no let's just start with that let's take what we are back from these trolls and subhuman degenerates. They are not fans. They are emotional terrorists. They are small people yeah. Yeah. who have legitimate problems that they should work on addressing. But the rest of us as fandom who enjoy things and want the interaction and want that give and take over what we like and dislike – because for all the grief I give Scott, I also know if I asked him what are five things you actually liked about The Last Jedi, he could come up with an actual list of things. Yeah, more than five actually. And, yeah, and I could come up with a list of five things I dislike about it. And that's what being a fan is. That kind of loving, respectful back and forth. Not the bullying, the hate, yeah. the, the ridiculousness that we are seeing directed at stars. And that's part of the challenge with social media. One, the anonymity, and two, the complete direct connection that happens to people. I, I don't understand how celebrities can actually do this where people just have access to you 24-7. It makes not a lick of damn sense to me and I don't know how I would manage that You know, if we had a fan base beyond you know 35 or whatever we have for this show. <laughs> it, it is weird, Dave. I, I'll agree with you on that. I, I honestly I don't understand the hate like there is a deep-seated anger and animosity that these people and again like you said loosely used term there people um feel that it's okay or comfortable 
to attack in the way that they do. It's crazy to me. Yeah. And Dave, you and I were talking about um, the anonymity part of it, and I think that's a huge piece of it. And uh, you brought up the fact that uh, that what what happened with Kurt Schilling, who's a yeah. former major league pitcher. Do you want to do you want to tell that story? Yeah, and I'll preface it by just saying, you know, first of all, I'm not a big fan of Kurt Schilling. I I think he's kind of a dingbat and part of the problem with with society overall. But when his daughter was the subject of some cyberbullying from some people who thought they were very, very big men behind their little, you know, made-up avatar names, Kurt had the time and resources to devote to actually figuring out who those fucktards were. And he did. And he outed them publicly and to their employers, and those people got fired by their employers because they were such asswipes to an innocent human being on the internet. Yeah. And I applaud that. I absolutely applaud that. If you think that you're tough and you're never going to have to face a consequence for it, then let's shine a light on you so that, yeah, maybe you do. Maybe your employer will realize, oh, you post racist asshole shit on the internet. I don't want you working at my company because you're bad for business, because you are scum. I'm fine with that. I wish we could do more of that. I applaud Kurt Schilling for what he did to stand up for his daughter. Yeah. Hundred percent. So to to close this out, I just want to say, uh, with no uncertain terms, um, if if you're going to bully someone, if you're going to call out a star online because of how they look or their race or their ethnicity, if you're going to levy personal attacks on people that you don't know because you don't like the role that they played or the film that they're in, and you're going to call them, you know, racially inappropriate names, uh. I don't want you listening to this show. I don't want your listenership. So go away. That's number one. Um, number two, you know, we need to be able to call a spade a spade. And and we will do it on this show. Somebody says something that's out of order on the show, we're gonna play it and we're gonna we're gonna call them out on it. I'm not gonna sit back behind this microphone and just suggest that we ignore it and just get back to having Star Wars be light and fun, if there are people that need to be called out, I think we owe it to ourselves and to our listeners to call it out. Well, Steve, I'd like to just say that um, that time in my life, it was a blackout moment. So I don't know what it... Are we that, talking that, about? Okay. That's just, been forgiven. Oh, that's oh, a oh, different time. Okay, sorry. Mark, okay, back. Mayor Ford. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So wow. so I'm glad we got I we had to cover that. It's a couple of weeks old, but we just kind of had to get it out there and I'm I'm glad we, we we had the opportunity to do that. So thanks for indulging, guys. It's it's out of control. It, it really is. is. I mean, the stuff that happened with Leslie Jones last year, uh, I may have not agreed necessarily with the the whole Ghostbusters premise, but mm. you know, what happened to her is very similar to Kelly Marie Tran. Um, it, it's ridiculous. It's out of control. There's a small, tiny, tiny little, very vocal minority of asshole, misogynist, racist, yeah. dirtbags that are, you know, are giving Star Wars fans a bad name, and I, I'm not going to stand for it. It's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's you know what? It started back in 2015 with the whole thing with the Force Awakens. There was a whole mm-hmm. movement. Yeah. Just because we saw a different. Uh, change of uh, approach to the characters where you're going to have a, a female-led or driven movie. Yeah. Um, those people, those are the ones, the fake fans, the pretend fans, or whatever you want to call them, that needs to stop. 
Yeah. You can have normal discussion and disagreements, but you don't have to be a bigot, a racist, uh, misogynistic asshole. Stop that. Right. All right. Enough on that. So let's move on. Now, we've been talking for, well, a few weeks since Solo hit the the, uh, the theaters. That it since has... it successfully hit the movie theaters. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll. See. I don't know, guys. Oh, We're uh, we've got some very very strong sources here that are well. Let's start that are not named. One. That are not named. Let's start with this one. <laughs> this is uh, LittleWhiteLies.com has a really interesting article, and that is lies. Star Wars needs to stop asking the wrong questions. Is Star Wars asking the wrong questions? Do fans want to hear about Han Solo's backstory? Or, for that matter, Boba Fett's or Obi-Wan Kenobi's? I would argue that we do. I certainly do. But, I mean, you can argue whether Solo has been a success compared to other non-Star Wars movies. That's fine. But you can't you can argue... Ar- you can argue how much of a success it's been how they how great of a success it's been compared to non-star wars movies yeah but what you can't argue is that it is the lowest performing star wars movie to date that that is a true fact no that's not a true fact and it's it's, uh, live action no okay 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 fine Uh, so if you're gonna throw the clone wars in i am gonna throw the clone wars i see where he's going so i'm trying to i'm trying to speed this along so so live action courage have a release in the uk (laughs) so you got you guys are gonna throw in caravan of courage into to to knock my argument off the pedestal here come on (laughs) all right that's that's rough greg but this is this is the thing i was gonna say is (laughs) it hurts anybody i've talked to (laughs) it does hurt any one of my friends that i've talked to that has seen that movie yeah has told me that they really liked it or that they loved it. Like I actually get the sense that of my circle of friends that I see socially, you know, out outside of us, I actually might be the person who least enjoyed the movie and I'm a very strong defender of the movie. Man. So I don't it what? anecdotally it's weird to me that it doesn't do better at the box office than it does. Okay, one quick question for us right now. How yeah. many of us after this show have seen it more than one time. I have not. I have not. I have not. I have seen it twice. Wow. I did go again. And it was a little awkward because the movie had the projector. There was a problem and I had to go pick up kids. So I had to leave early. They started the movie late. It was like the first showing. Uh-huh. But I will count it because I was in the theater. Okay. okay. So I saw it twice. But I. Right. So I'm not arguing that it's not a good movie. I just want to make sh- make that clear. I like it. I think it's a fun movie. I'm not sure why I haven't seen it four and five and six times. And I saw The Last Jedi having walked out of the theater. Like, what the hell was that? I saw it five times. Well, here's the, I'm going to add something to Scott Watch 2018. Okay. That's not Last Jedi related. It's the first Star Wars movie I have not seen at Grauman's Chinese. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's strong. Yeah. So it is... By Star Wars standards, it is underperforming. Can we agree on that? I do like that. I prefer the yeah. term underperforming because okay. a, a flop to me is, you know, it's Ishtar. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 something that's just, you know, catastrophic. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
All right, so we can agree, or at least we like the term underperforming compared to other Star Wars films. And there are many reasons for that that we covered on the show two weeks ago. There are many possibilities for why it's underperforming. Yeah. The the competition, the, the time of year, the under-marketing, the five months separation from The Last Jedi in this movie, the fact that fans were split on The Last Jedi 50-50 basically, and maybe that impacted attendance at this movie. There's all of that, and all of it's debatable. So yeah. we don't have to so, go there again. And I'm going to add to Dave's uh, little uh, thing here. Every one of uh, actual Hive like uh, collaborators or people that have, have come on this show or have been part of our show at some point yep. um, have all said to me, and I believe and I hope I'm not stepping on anyone's toes here, but Matt and Christina from Hellflowers, I think, went and saw it and all said they loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie has said that she loved it. Or Mark least... Morita from Rancho Obi-Wan right, that right. we interviewed on our mini-episode last Friday. He liked it. Okay. I liked it better than Rogue One, guys. I so that I so here's, some, with, here's something I, I just want to throw out on this. So if you look at what the top movies are domestic U.S. year to date, yeah. right now, in order. Number one, Black Panther. Number Not two, Avengers? Not yet. Number two, Infinity War. Wow. Yeah. Number three, Deadpool 2. Yeah. Number four, Incredibles 2. Do we see a trend here yet? <laughs> Disney's <laughs> doing fairly well. <laughs> these are these are all superhero movies. Right. Yeah. I twenty eighteen is going to be the year is absolutely the year of the superhero. And we haven't even had Ant Man and Wasp yet yeah. or Aquaman. <laughs> which is coming later this year. I suddenly see a and, drop And off by the happening. way, no, and I'm just saying, and by the way, if we're talking about, you know, Aquaman is, can it keep the trend of the year of the superhero going? Like the fact that there's even an Aquaman fucking movie is just it's a yeah. sign that it's the year of the superhero. Yeah. So I, I do think Star Wars, I solo a Star Wars story is suffering as much from when it was released as opposed to anything else i think it's just it's been three years of star wars ruling the roost and star wars is getting knocked off by a genre that is just performing at the top of its freaking game like no genre has ever performed and competitively 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 speaking it's coming from its own company disney has released black panther avengers and then I know it's not the same company, but it's Marvel had released Deadpool right before it. And then right after that, you have Disney with Incredibles 2. Too. So you're talking about just an onslaught, and they just threw it right in the middle. Seriously, one week after Deadpool came out. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, and let's not forget also the, all the negative press around Alden Ehrenreich's performance, around the Lord and Miller firing, oh, around know, yeah. all the reshooting, the 70% of the movie. All of that contributed. So we... we I don't want to beat a dead horse here. We agree there are many possible reasons, but the fact remains it has underperformed compared to other Star Wars movies. So, is that impacting Lucasfilm's plans for the next set of star of standalone films? It is, if you believe this report from Collider. Now, this is Steve Weintraub. I'm going to play it's about a 40-second audio clip here. Steve Weintraub from Collider, he's the editor-in-chief, reporting just earlier today, and this is uh, from YouTube.com, Collider's channel, and uh, we'll have a link in the show notes, of course, as always. Star Wars story spinoffs on hold at Lucasfilm. Have a listen to this, guys. Uh, I am hearing through multiple sources that uh, Lucasfilm has put the Star Wars 
a Star Wars story spin-offs on hiatus, meaning that the Obi-Wan movie, which was in a form of pre-production, uh, has been shut down and that the work on any other solo, any other spin-off movie has been put on hiatus for the time being and that their entire focus right now is on episode 9 and the next trilogy after that. So that's the Obi-Wan movie and the Boba Fett movie. Uh, I cannot confirm that the Boba Fett movie was being worked on. I can absolutely confirm that the Obi-Wan movie was being worked on. It was absolutely in pre-production. Um, and pre-production can mean a lot of things, but basically they were working on the movie with more than a few people. And uh, they are no longer working on the movie the way they were. And uh, listen, they might still be developing a screenplay, but they were really pushing forward on an Obi-Wan movie. And, think, and they're pressing pause for now. Absolutely. Okay, and we're going to get into... All right. So so in other words, what he's trying to say is anything that I'm saying, talking out of my ass because I can't confirm it. Right. Is that what we're trying to get at? here? He said he had multiple sources. Mm -hmm. So do I. He's I not lots. divulging his sources. Yeah. He said he had multiple sources. They're all put on hiatus. Mm -hmm. He also could not confirm the Obi the uh, Boba Fett movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He did confirm the Obi-Wan movie. Yeah. Well, well. Thank God he's speaking officially for uh, for Lucasfilm and and Disney on the uh, production of that Star Wars movie. Thank God he's there to do that. Guys, I've got I breaking. Don't think he's doing that. I've got breaking news <laughs> right now. I have multiple sources. I will even reveal my sources. I have Xander. I have Sugar. I have Buffy, Maggie, <laughs> Michonne. And who else am I missing? And Joy. Those are your pets. Those are all my pets, <laughs> and they all have said that. Uh, all right. That Han Solo was a flop. So I don't have to read between the lines too hard, Scott Ivansky. I don't know what you're to, about. to get that you don't believe this a word of this. I don't. I don't. So, yeah, to, yeah, if I can just huh? build on what I'm sure Scott was about to say that I cut him off from because I'm so eager to it's jump okay. on this myself. I have myself, something to say, but, but Dave, please take it because I do have something yeah, to say. Yeah, no. It, it, they haven't announced the project yet, so what is there to say is canceled? And oh, they're still working on a screenplay. Look, canceled he didn't say means canceled. canceled he didn't say he did not say canceled. He said it's been put on hiatus. Well, well he also said it himself in the in the little clip that you played. He said pre-production can mean a lot of things, and yes, pre-production can mean a lot of things, and it happens very often in my extensive Hollywood experience. I can <laughs> guarantee you this happens. Yeah. that they hire teams of people and stick them in a room somewhere. Not just a couple of people, teams of people stick them in a room and have them work on developing a, a project. And that can, that can mean a lot of things. It can mean scouting locations. It can mean hiring people to write scripts. It can mean lining up caterers. It can mean lining up, you know, uh, construction workers. It can mean a whole bunch of things. Okay, so they're saying they're not going to do it this year doesn't mean anything because they didn't announce they were going to do anything this year. Okay, so let me yeah, throw there, in... There's been exactly as much new, hard news about the Obi-Wan movie as there has been about the Black Widow movie coming from Marvel. Exactly. Okay, alright, so let me throw one little fact, one additional little factoid and this is this is from the Wretched Hive. This is not from Collider. This is me if, doing if you, a little sleuthing throw, here. If you throw is... one factoid, it'll be the first in this story. Alright. <laughs> so, okay, so here's the first actual factoid. That and that is that this is MSN.com reporting. Thought, I thought it was Wretched Hive. Well, this is my source. I'm oh. citing my sources, ooh, unlike ooh, other nice. other oh, journalists. Nice. Very good. Okay. Quote unquote okay. journalists. <laughs> this is MSN uh, reporting just yesterday. So this collider report was today, mm -hmm. as we record the show Wednesday, June twentieth. Okay. Okay. 
This is yesterday. MSN reported that um, Ewan McGregor has been slated to play Danny Torrance in the Shining re. Uh, uh, Sequel. Not remake, but sequel yeah. called Doctor Sleep, which is, by the way, a great Stephen King book. Yeah, read it. I'm nice. I'm keeping up on all the modern King, and it's a really good one. Awesome. Um, so that sounds great. But I thought it was interesting that yesterday I read that Ewan is playing the older Danny Torrance. He got signed. In other words, they released the press release went out yesterday, and today officially, if that was official. That was. Yeah. Confirmed, at least by a le- legitimate news source, MSN. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next day, sources are saying sources are saying that the Obi Wan movie is put on hiatus. So I don't know if there's any connection there, but I thought maybe there might be something there. Okay, well let me let me add something also. All right, uh, it wasn't to the the extremes we're talking about right now, but this happened. If you all remember. Minus the fact that it was not six months, but a year between uh, the first regular film, The Force Awakens, and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. That when you have a movie like uh, uh, Force Awakens that comes out, it makes $2 billion worldwide, globally. Is that correct, Dave? Or just under $2 billion? Uh, I think it made $2 billion. Although, I'm going to check that for you, though. Yeah, yeah. If I'm off $100 million, uh, forgive me. So you have a movie that pulls in $2 billion, and domestically, Rogue One only pulls in about $500 million, $600, right around there. Quite a bit different from Force Awakens' $900 million domestically. It still made over a billion dollars globally, but you're talking about a significant difference in total box office take. So you're, we ha- we're having this discussion, I believe, on this show, just not to this extreme, about, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, they're gonna, there's a lot less box office there. Disney's in a panic. It was in the news. We talked about it a couple times. And sure enough, they went ahead and had another solo. Solo got announced. Everything was moving ahead. And even though it had almost, what, 25 to 45% box office difference from Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a considerable amount less but seriously, we're talking in a, you combine the amount of money that they have pulled in from The Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi. Well, I'm not even going to include Han Solo since it's still out there. You're talking, what, over $4 billion or close to $4 billion? Hmm. I right. don't think it's that much of a painful, you know, reminder in Disney's side that, oh, my God, this franchise is failing. I don't think hmm. it's failing. So Star Wars The Force Awakens globally made $2,068,000,000. Right. The Last Jedi made $1,332,000,000. Okay. And I'm still scanning looking for Rogue One. Rogue One, here we go. $1,056,000,000. So Solo right now is sitting at about 340-something million globally. globally. It's a considerable amount less than individually each one of those films. Mm-hmm. But you're still talking, you're adding another, what, almost $400 million to four, over four point what, $4.3 billion? I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I, Okay, I, I get that. But I think if I'm Lucasfilm, 
if I'm Kathy Kennedy and I'm looking at numbers and I'm numbers driven and mm-hmm. I'm profit driven because clearly Bob Iger has been a profit driven CEO. Bob Iger. There's Bob. Um, and he has to be because he's got shareholders that can kick him out of his job if he does not do well. And he's looking at these numbers going, okay, Force Awakens. Yeah. You hit a high note there. Yeah. The Last Jedi, lower. Rogue One, lower. Right. Han Solo, lowest ever. Yeah. And you're going, maybe we need to rethink our strategy here and focus, back to the Collider story, on Episode Nine and the next trilogy and get away from these movies that aren't quite lining up for fans based on the numbers. I'm not talking about based on opinion on whether we like it or not. I'm talking about box office numbers. Okay. We've had a steady drop yeah. from that from from The Force Awakens, Scott. Force Awakens was a high point. We all know why. We had a discussion about this. Nostalgia and everything comes back. Plus, it's very similar to the original film. You go from that to Rogue One, which was a drop. But still, one point, what did you say? $1.3 billion? $1.03. So $2 billion to $1 billion. Back up, not a lot, but to Last Jedi, all a year apart from each other. If you're the numbers guy, if you're the shareholders guy, you're going to be looking at those types of statistics. Yes, you're going to see the numbers first, price or profits dropped. But you're going to look at the fact that all the stuff that we discussed on this show, all the stuff about... Six months instead of a year. You drop it right in the middle of an onslaught of superhero films. A bunch of them from their own company. Again, Lucasfilm is looking at a hit, but not a, a drastic, drastic hit. You're still talking over $4 billion. They're already making profits on the deal they made with Lucas. And they already know they're going to make probably another billion dollars plus off of just episode nine. How do they know that, though? Because of the trend that's already been set by the normal so, legacy films. So here, And here's the, the other thing that I'll point out. If you get to this theme of what's the trend here, if you have three movies that all gross over a billion dollars that come out, let's just, let's just say, just hypothetically speaking, the last two weeks of the year, right around Christmas time. Right. And then you take another movie that's in the exact same genre, exact same universe, and you put that out time frame that's not the last two weeks of the year, and it does mm. horribly. Yeah. Are you going to conclude that A, the problem is doing those types of movies, or B, that it's doing those types of movies and not putting them out in the last two weeks of the year? Yes. I think the question, mm. if, I, if I'm a numbers person right now, my question is, how do we launch Star Wars movies that aren't in the last two weeks of the year? Because that's how you really expand this and make it even more profitable. Because we apparently can sit here all freaking day long and churn out the number one movie of the year and just release it right around Christmas time every year. So why not hold Solo back for Christmas of 2018? Right. I, I, I think that's, honestly, I think that's going to be a $700 million question for... Lucasfilm and Disney to answer. I I wholeheartedly agree with you, Dave. And second on that, uh, let's talk about, you talked about trends, or I said trends, about the new films being released. Not even the new films. Let's go back to the original films. All were, what, three years apart? Mm. Star Wars made a ton of money. 
number one movie of the summer of the for the longest time empire a drastically different direction an amazing film that a lot of people loved some people didn't like right away it was a different type of story and everyone in that film it was it was a depressing film where the good guys lost everything was going downhill there's a lot of people from back then that said that empire was not their favorite film because of that return of the and it made less money considerably amount you come back three years later, Return of the Jedi made more money. In the long run, you see where that trend, they're using that same trend to release these three new legacy films. Am I saying that right? Is it legacy? Are we going by legacy? Is that what they call them? Or? Yeah, you can, you can go by legacy. Sure. Whatever, whatever they're sure. called now. Anyway, that's we my know point. What you mean. They're, they're using that trend minus the extra year in between for these films, the Skywalker trilogy films. So what are you saying? Are you saying that we need more space between each movie? to re sort of rebuild the fan interest and anticipation that uh, uh, every six months or every year is not going to work with Star Wars. And my, and if that's what you're saying, then my response is, well, how, why does it work for Marvel and not Star Wars? I, if I look at what we've been talking about here, I look at what Dave just said, and that was one of my biggest problems was why release Solo six months after when it, they obviously have a good formula. A year is a decent amount of time. It is. It's faster for the newer paced generations that are used to binge watching off Netflix and stuff, but long enough to give you that little bit of appetite mm -hmm. waiting for that next film. Mm -hmm. If you're releasing films every six months, you know what? A good example of this is Back to the Future. Back to the Future 2 and 3 were released about six to eight months after each other. Mm. And that, I don't think they did as well as the original film. So mm. there is a, there is a, a, a thing to be said about giving your audience enough time to absorb and want that next conclusion or that next chapter. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I, I think, I think so looking well, at your, at your Marvel question too, the, there's yeah. just so many more characters in the Marvel universe. The stories, you know, while they, they put the, the post credit scene on there to tag it into the next movie, it is really, the stories are unrelated. They just all kind of live in the same universe. And for the most part, the characters don't really cross over. Um, but there are, you know, there are winners and losers in that one. You know, Thor didn't do as well as Black Panther did, and and Ant Man was a, a middling film, and Doctor Strange was a middling film. Um, you know, it's there's only a few that are the giant blockbusters: the Avengers, the Infinity Wars, the the Black Panthers. I mean, there's only a handful of those. I agree with you, Greg, but I also have to say the difference is is that there are 19 films that we've or 18 films that we've received in 10 years, and Thor three definitely did better than i believe the first two thors so they have different ways of comparing those movies um in the long run well and i'm going to take issue with what you just said greg because number one you're not going to tell me that the star wars universe is not more rich or not equally as rich as the marvel universe no, I, I, I'm not. I, 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 I'm not going as far to say that. But there's more okay. developed characters right now. They yeah. need to introduce okay. these characters into the Star Wars universe. The characters are already there in the Mar in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. The, I see, the, I see where the you're thing going. that made Marvel, I think, pretty successful early on was they said, you know, these movies are all going to stand alone. They're going to have their own worlds. They're going to have their own their own tone. But they're going to have these links that we throw in there so that when we, we hit the Avengers movie moment, it'll make sense to you. Yeah. And, and, and they did a fantastic job. And they did a fantastic it. job. And yeah. where the Star Wars spinoffs are – you can argue that they are falling down a bit is they are very reliant on 
the legacy storylines that that already exist. I'm yeah. actually excited for the Ryan Johnson trilogy just because it sounds like it's going to go off and just plant a flag somewhere else in the galaxy and tell a story there. Right. And I think that conceptually, and maybe it will be bad, maybe it won't be good, but conceptually, I think that's what they need to do to grow the franchise. And and that, to me, is, I think, the fear that I think they felt as a company. They wanted to, I mean, it's in the title. They're, you know, a Star Wars story, but it's, and they changed the opening. We didn't get the same, mm-hmm. you know, fanfare and the crawl and all that stuff. We just got, boom, right into it. And I think the problem is, is if you're going to do that, separate yourself a little bit and tell a fun new space adventure story in the Star Wars universe. They couldn't let that go, and those two individual films still are, like you said, Dave, reliant on the legacy films. I mean, Solo, obviously, but Rogue One, it almost changed the direction of the original trilogy. I mean, it really added... Like, we've had so many discussions about how it kind of changed our idea of playing it back to back with a new hope. Yeah. It almost changes the whole first movie. Well, and I think the other the other challenge that they have with Star Wars versus Marvel, and you guys, you Marvel guys, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you know the Star Wars universe is jumping all over the timeline, right? We've we, you know we're going backwards, we're going forwards, yeah. we're going from from the Force Awakens to to Rogue One, which takes place 30 years before, to um, to the Last Jedi, and then back to Solo. You know, it's back and forth, back and forth. Whereas Marvel, and this is where I need your confirmation, Marvel seems to be sort of more or less in in the sequential timeline of events. Yes, match the film releases. Is that correct? Ish. Close, but but Ish. much closer than Star Wars. Yes, right. So I I feel that that's a source of confusion for fans that, that that typical movie goers are not diehard fans like the four of us are and I think that's a source of confusion and for that reason yeah. I'm branching off of this now for that reason I think the thing that Star Wars is lacking that Marvel has is a showrunner that ties it all together and does it really well and that's what's his name for Marvel Kevin yeah, Feige. 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 Yes, Feige, Star Wars whatever. needs Kevin, a, a Kevin Feige, to help tie everything together. Whether or not they want to stick with the current timeline or whatever, they want to keep jumping back and forth and tell the origin stories. Fine, but you have to tie it together better. And Scott, you've been singing this tune for a little while, and I, the guy to do it, in my opinion, is Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni needs to be put in a position of being the showrunner for Star Wars. He's trained and educated on the Star Wars universe by by um, by George himself. He's produced more Star Wars on film than any other filmmaker. And I did some math a couple of weeks ago on this. Just in the Clone Wars television series alone, six seasons, yeah. 20 episodes each is like 1,400 minutes of film that he's produced on Star Wars. This guy knows Star Wars in and out. He's produced episodes dealing with the Force, all the major characters. He's your guy. You put him in a showrunner, I think we have a winning equation there. But You know, and and, and the, the Clone Wars for me is my uh, is my Last Jedi as, as it is for Scott. I haven't actually watched it, but it, from what I understand, he took a pretty shitty show, which he started, it was his show to start with, and made it pretty good by the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
the the first season is the roughest season there's some fun stuff but it does get better as it progresses as it gets through it and i agree with that to an extent um i know a lot of people are going to argue the fact that we already have a showrunner in uh kathleen kennedy but i think the problem with she's the president of the of the studio but see here's the thing that's the she plays the role that lucas played when lucas had this and my problem with that is you have people in your organization like uh like uh, another person that we we've talked about on the show is uh pablo hidalgo hidalgo yeah okay this story group okay again when and i'm not arguing this because i know i'm the guy on this this show that talks about uh all the different uh, whatever legend comics and, and all the expanded universe and all that stuff and how much I have a love for all that but my thing about that is is they had people put in place that kept things somewhat organized I know some people would say there's some chaos and stuff but for the most part you had a fairly decent timeline of amazing ex- expanded universe much like Marvel Comics mm. so you take all that and you're going to need somebody more than a Kathleen Kennedy to kind of keep that organized and tell good, solid stories. So Lucasfilm has Pablo and Leland Chi with the Star Wars story group, they right. call it. So does Marvel have something that's equivalent to that, or is it just Feige? Well, yeah, I would put Kevin in that position, along with some of the other top guys over at Marvel. Okay. I think even though they're separate entities, they do talk to each other. I mean, you look at the movies, and I think Dave and Greg might back me up on this, knowing enough about Marvel Comics that what we're seeing in the movies is not necessarily all the classic stuff that we've seen. It's a mixture of some of the newer release stuff, mm. you know, some of the Captain America stuff, and some of like uh, the Infinity War isn't just Infinity War. It's a mixture of a bunch of the releases that they had over time. And the, they're doing the, the what, Infinity War movie had absolutely zero resemblance to the actual series called Infinity War that was published in the 90s. Right. Other than the fact that there was a gauntlet with six gems on it. Right. Uh, there was, there, yeah, there wasn't even a... They, they didn't even have the gauntlet with six gems in Infinity War. That was that was about all other stuff. That's right. That was the Infinity mm-hmm. Gauntlet was him collecting the gauntlet. The right. War yeah. was the next series. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, and then there was another one. There was Infinity... Infinity Crusade. Crusade. Mm. And so that was that was just awful, by the way. That's worth pausing for thirty seconds. Just but, what a shit fest that series was. But oh my you guys God. would agree that they cash grab. <laughs> you would agree though that they've taken bits and pieces and and collectively made a workable movie cinematic universe, a franchise that the mainstream public that wouldn't have normally read all these comics could sit down and watch 18, 19, 20 movies and still feel damn good, and they're making billions of dollars off of this stuff. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, they're doing it so well. Yeah. I mean, when we saw Infinity War, Christine, she she had kind of gotten tired of the superhero stuff, so yeah. she hadn't seen Doctor Strange, Black Panther, or Spider-Man. Which is sad, because all three of those movies are actually really good. They're, they're actually, yeah, they're all really good movies, but we went to see Infinity War, and her comment was, Oh my God! She she understood everything that happened, and she said, "Now I'm actually." She's like, "I want to go back and see those movies now." Yeah. I, she's like, "I hadn't seen the characters before." She's like, "Now I'm interested. I want to find out about them." That's how good a job they're doing, and I don't think anybody, you know, even though they like it, is like, "Oh, Darth Maul's alive." Well, let, let's go watch the Clone Wars and see what's going on with that. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Except for me, which is exactly <laughs> what I did. Well, <laughs> us, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, it remains to be seen. I, you know, we, we, I'm not saying that the 
Star Wars is broken. I'm not saying that. I'm suggesting that Lucasfilm is reevaluating the strategy around their rollout of these films and the and the successes and maybe the challenges they've had with the timeliness of the of the releases and its relation their relationship to the Star Wars timeline and if I'm Kathy Kennedy I'm taking a second look at that right now going okay what could we be doing differently it would make a Release. lot of sense Release it all in December. (laughs) Yes. I I think they're always doing that, though. I think they're always constantly reevaluating and juggling things around. Okay, Boba Fett's going to come first. Okay, no, Obi-Wan's going to come first. Okay, you know. I mean, because it was was Rogue One and Boba Fett were the movies that were coming out, and then Josh Trank had his meltdown, and then Solo was the next one on tap. I mean, it's constantly, constantly being shuffled around. So, sure, it's plausible that now these movies are delayed a little bit longer than they were before, considering they weren't even coming out any time in the foreseeable future. It's not a big deal. And by the way, it is totally plausible that they haven't announced Obi-Wan because they don't want to tip their hand on what their slate is for movies 2020 and beyond, so they haven't announced it, they haven't been able to commit to it, and Ewan McGregor's like, guys, you have to shit or get off the pot. I need to be a working actor. I'm taking this other gig in the meantime. And Disney's response to that is, well, then... We were hoping to do it here, but obviously you're not available, so we just, you know, we close off the spigot of water a little bit. We don't shut it down. We just close down the spigot of water a little bit, so it's not, it we're not wasting people's time and energy. Right. Totally plausible, but if nobody's putting their name on it, I'm sorry, it's not really news at this point. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, guys, we need to move on. There's another big story, and really, we're only going to end up covering two stories in this episode, I think. And, uh, two pretty big stories. Though. Two two pretty big one. This one this one's huge, and I know I can't wait to hear Dave's take on the latest with this. But um, uh, this is we need to cover tw- the 21st Century Fox. Is this about fucking Comcast <laughs> being purchased by a little company oh, called Disney? And I gotta, uh, open, I gotta open another beer. Hang on. And Comcast <laughs> getting in the way. So uh, many, many, many stories about this. But we'll start with uh, with a story from a couple weeks ago. The Wrap.com reported. This is uh, earlier in in this month, uh, earlier in June, 2018, that uh, the shareholder vote was set to take place on June 10th. Well, that was put on pause when. Uh, Comcast up the ante uh, and made an all cash offer at the time. I think it was 54. I'm trying to track me on the timeline here, Dave, but I think it was 54 million. Billion. Oh, sorry. Billion. My bad. Billion. It, billion, Dr. Evil. It's billion. <laughs> <laughs> billion dollars. Uh, and this caused shareholders to pause, right? Because, uh, Disney's offer was a mix of a small amount of cash, comparatively, and stocks. Right. Well, technically, it caused the board to pause, not the shareholders. But... Okay, thank you. All okay, right. I'm good. a dick. I'm sorry. I pre- <laughs> no, I appreciate the clarity. Um, so, at the time, you had, um, I think it was James Murdoch, who is Rupert Murdoch's son, who now runs Fox, saying that, yeah, we're, you know, we, we want to get this done, and we're going to branch off and create a new company called New Fox, not even 22nd Century Fox, it's called New Fox, and um, so that was reported also a couple of weeks ago. Then just recently, you had, what I what I got a kick of uh, out of, uh, uh, sort of a side to this story was, 
reports of um, fans freaking out because everybody, of course, wants to see back to the Marvel Universe, the X-Men oh, yeah. in the Marvel Universe. How cool would that be to have the X-Men join in with the Avengers, for instance, in a film? And, and the uh, Fantastic Four and Deadpool. Oh, my God. All under one roof. Yeah. All in the same movie. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. So is this going to happen? Well, basically earlier this week then, Disney pretty much said, hold my beer. And <laughs> they're amping up their offer with, and I think it's, and Dave, this is where I need your help. I think it's mostly cash and it's in the $60 billion range. It's it's a mix of cash okay. and stock. I honestly don't know the exact ratio. Okay. All right. So this is uh, sources. Let's see. This is at CNBC.com. Sources spoke days after CNBC.com parent Comcast launched a $65 billion cash bid for the assets, meaning uh, Fox, which include Fox's movie studios, networks, National Geographic, and FX, uh, etc., Earlier, Disney reached an agreement with Fox to buy the assets for $52 billion in stock. Um, and then, I think it was earlier today... Let's see, when is this date? What's the date on this one? Uh, doo, 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 doo. This is eight hours ago, so this is as of uh, Wednesday, June 20th. Disney Comcast bidding war for Fox will raise Fox's value to $45 a share. That's up from about so, $30 a share at the beginning of this. That, that, so, and that's the payment value not what the actual value of the stock is that's what that's what they're forecasting the winning bid will be i will pay for you as if your stock is valued at 45 dollars, which is a premium over what the stock is actually valued at got it got it got it so i'm gonna with all that as the backdrop dave i'm gonna i'm gonna hand this to you and i'm gonna start by asking is this good for fans I mean, is this bidding war? Is this going to pay off for us in the long run, or depends, is this depends on who wins? Okay. So and it, give me go this. Ahead, sorry. Give, go that's okay. Give me the scenario. Let's just give me the scenario. Comcast wins. Then what well, happens if, to if, fan for if, fans? Why is it bad for if, fandom? Well, it's bad for fandom because it prevents Star Wars from being unified under one roof. And I want to pause to talk mm. about that for a minute. Mm. Because it gets lost with all the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Marvel, realistically, is still not under one roof, even if this stuff goes through. Sony still owns Spider-Man, and another company still owns the Hulk. Yep. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But oh, okay. whatever happens, that, st that is still theoretically what the world is going to look like if Disney gets this. But if Comcast winds up you know, fucking this whole thing up for everybody... Star Wars remains an ununified franchise because Fox holds the original movie's rights in perpetuity. And if Disney acquires Fox, they get a new hope. And the whole thing is unified under one house as of 2020, which would be fantastic for fans. Let's just leave Marvel out of it. All right. Now, there's all kinds of factors in play here on how this is going to go out. So Disney could win. In which case, they just get the whole thing outright, and they've now got all of the, the Fox assets, including those Marvel cash cow properties. And those Marvel properties, I think, are, this year in particular, being viewed as cash cow properties. The other Another scenario is Comcast just keeps upping it for whatever reason, and they wind up with the winning bid. And let's be honest, Fox is a business. They're going to take the bid that is the most attractive to them. That may not be an all-cash bid, because the tax implications of an all-cash deal 
are much more severe for Fox than if they took a stock mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. So just because somebody's literally backing, you know, 17,000 Brinks trucks up for 50 plus billion dollars in cash, that might not be as good as taking a Disney stock deal because of the tax implications and the dividends that those Disney stocks will pay you over time as long as you hold on to them. The real fun scenario is if all three parties go into a room and split the baby. There are some assets that Fox holds in Europe and the UK that Comcast is very, very, very interested in. And that Disney probably could be persuaded to say, you know what, then then we don't want those. Comcast is also the parent company of Universal Pictures, which, by the way, is the entity that holds the rights for Marvel's Incredible Hulk. Mm. So if Disney is trying to unify all of the Marvel stuff under one house, that could be a bargaining chip in all of this. Yes. Oh, we'll also walk away from bidding on these Sky, you know, purchasing these Skynet properties over here in Europe and the UK. You, Comcast, can have those. But you also have to give us back the rights to the Hulk. So does that mean that that we can't have a Marvel standalone Hulk film? Is that what that means right now? Because yes. obviously Hulk is in the Marvel films now, but yeah. it just means we can't do a standalone film? Okay. Yes, right. that, Which, that's the reason why the, there's a Hulk story arc basically playing out over Thor Ragnarok and Infinity War 1 and the untitled Avengers 4, which okay. I think is going to be Avengers Forever, but that's a whole separate conversation. All right. Well, this this is it, it's fascinating to watch two these behemoths go back and forth like slug slugging these heavyweights slugging it out in the middle of the ring, well, very publicly. It's it's fascinating to watch. It, and the other leg up that Disney has on this is, as far as their mergers go, this is a a horizontal merger is what I've I've been reading about. There's uh there's vertical mergers and there's horizontal mergers, and. What a horizontal merger means is basically Disney as a movie studio and production studio is buying another movie and production studio. They're not buying any delivery assets by and large for it. Mm. Comcast, on the other hand, does own some movie studio, you know, movie studio property in Universal, but they own all these delivery assets in terms of NBC and, and all of that stuff. So if they acquire Fox, it becomes a vertical integration for them, and that is actually subject to more regulatory scrutiny than just a horizontal merger. Because in the United States, mm. you can you can literally be a monopoly company. Microsoft was an established monopoly company for probably 15 to 20 years. You can do that as long as you don't act like a monopoly. So it's not a big deal for Disney to suddenly become you know the biggest movie studio in the country by a factor of one or two. Because as long as they don't act like a monopoly when they're that big of a movie studio, it's mm. fine. Mm. And make no mistake they would be the biggest movie studio by a factor of one or two at that point. It's really interesting that we as fans now are like taking sides on on these huge corporate mergers. It's, it, I, I'm not sure what that says about where we are with fandom, but uh, well, that, it's that interesting. That and I fucking hate Comcast. <laughs> We've established that. And, and all the Marvel stuff is still not going to be merged under one roof. You, not, it's not just the Hulk. You still have Spider-Man at oh. uh, at Sony. At Sony. Wow. But it would. But it could potentially, if they if they do that three-way deal. Yeah. It could potentially mean that Spider-Man is the one holdout. Right. And at that point, maybe Sony does feel like, oh, we, this is better for us if we find a way to play ball. Or maybe Sony just, which is not a great studio in the first place, just says, you know what, that's an that's an asset. Disney, what would you pay us for this? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep you posted on this one. Dave, I know you're watching this carefully. Our uh, chief correspondent here for the uh, Comcast 
As uh, purchase of Fox. And, great uh, update on there. Thanks, yeah, Dave. thank you, Dave, for that. Yeah. Uh, we we have we've got a couple small stories, and we're going to wrap it up here, guys. First, we can't we can't go by this week without talking about this one. George Lucas revealed his plan for Star Wars seven through nine, and according to Arts Technica, it was awful. <laughs> according to you, you had to bring this up this, didn't you, I, I, you got, we got to talk about this because you know of, why yeah, you're you bringing what, this up you know, what the, you know what the plot line was for it i'm just going to give a pause here so steve can edit this out three two okay one it was that was basically i'm gonna i right. will <laughs> god yeah i censored that well this is uh artstechnica.com has a quote from george and he uh is quoted here <clears throat> The next three Star Wars films are going to get into the microbiotic world, but there's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the Wills, and the Wills are the ones that actually control the universe. They feed off the Force. God damn it! No, just kidding. You didn't say, you didn't say that at the end. That is, I see um, it right there. That's right there. Okay, yeah. So he was going to go into the microbiome, apparently, which my first thought on this was, and I shared this over that thread that we... Uh, often share things to the Woody Allen movie where he plays a sperm cell and he's running down the hallway during an ejaculation, you know, like I don't want to wind <laughs> up on the ceiling again. Yes. <laughs> oh God. I got to kick I, out. I of was that. just like, Oh my God. He's just the whole trilogy takes place in the quantum realm with yeah. Scott Rudd looking for Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. And one of us thought this was a good idea. No, no, you see, this is fake news, Greg. You're taking it out of context. This is why you brought this shit up, didn't you? You wanted me to get into it. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh man, can we go so, back to Scott? He's been, I, whoever said he's been reading too much of a wind in the door. By the way, that was such a strong pull. Like I, I, I owe you a big hug the next time I see you. That but was I, fantastic. But I do want to hear from Scott before we go on. What What's your take on this, my friend? Okay. So let me clarify this for Greg, because apparently he's got guns aimed at me right now. So um, here's the thing. I said I found it fascinating that they would explore the world of the wills. That's what I was trying to get across to you. Not the midichlorian part. And yes, I know it has to touch on that because of what he said. But the fact that the entire saga was based off of a screenplay titled... Luke Star Killer and the Journal of the Wills, or you know, and something else about the space—I don't know—the space Star Wars and all that nonsense. The, the, the title that was like five miles long, the, fir- the very first one. That's what I found interesting. I would like to know more about it because they've used the concept of the Wills actually in canon. Yeah, uh, the Rogue, in Rogue One, Rogue yeah. One, the Keeper of the Keepers of the Wills. That's right. right. Yeah. And so I thought that was a fascinating idea. The midi-chlorians and all that nonsense, uh, that still bugs me. And especially, and I think I quoted in the thread, have a problem with the way that Qui-Gon Jinn and the whole, you know, taking blood and and having a little reader using a little Norelco women's leg shavers or something as as a... It's just, that bugs me. That seriously bugs me. Even though I did watch Phantom Menace in the last two months. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would love to know a little bit more about the backstory of that. Yeah. That's all it is. By the way, I'm not going to knock you on Phantom Menace. No, you I, can. I, I you do. Can. You I can. like that movie. No, it's a I, bad I, movie. No, but I really do like it. It's really. No. I just think. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Go on. But go I do on. like it. Okay. All right. Best lightsaber fight in all of Star Wars. Absolutely. No, I still you, disagree with you. You're right about that, yeah. my friend. That's why I, I watched it. Actually, thank you very much. <laughs> We've been there already, guys. Oh. 
Uh, Proven scientifically two weeks ago. <laughs> all right. So uh, last story of the week, guys. Uh, this is from the Review Journal. Uh, actually, ReviewJournal.com. It's the Las Vegas Review Journal. There is an auction going on. And this week, you can purchase Hans Blaster from uh, The Return of the Jedi. Sorry, Blastech DL. Sorry. I, yeah, yeah. Han! Hans Blaster from Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. is, uh, is up for auction. It's expected to fetch a cool three hundred to 500000 Good God. At uh, Planet Hollywood in there in Las Vegas. Now, which which one is it? It's the one from Return of the Jedi? Uh, yeah, quoting here from ReviewJournal.com. Hans Blaster from Return of the Jedi, meanwhile, is expected to fetch three hundred to 500000 at auction Saturday at Planet Hollywood Resort. The gun, a Blastech DL-44 for all you nerds out there. Thanks, Review Journal. I hate you. Yeah. Is one of four used by Harrison while filming the 1983 sequel the highest profile item up for bid during Julian's Auctions Hollywood Legends event. Hmm. Yeah. Also, you've got um, the original blueprints from Jabba from Jabba's uh, barge for uh, between two and four thousand dollars. You've got a uh, production used Blastech EC17 Scout Blaster. Oh, okay. I, I'm interested in that actually. Uh, but you can get that for twenty grand. Oh, twenty to thirty grand. There you go. Uh, Perfectly affordable. If Star Wars isn't the, your thing, you could uh, leave the auction with with um, ingredients to make your very own Marilyn Monroe, according to uh, Review Journal. What? Here, there's what? bound to be enough DNA in her rhinestone ear clips. Damn. Which uh, are expected to clip uh, thirty grand to to fetch thirty grand, or her rhinestone dangling earring with fragments of the matching piece for twenty grand. Rhinestones being a girl's second best friend of course uh you can get pull some dna off those earrings and and clone norma jean what say you scott are you in I'm i know you're of, a vegas guy i'm creepy uh creeped out a little bit about it well i am creepy but um that's for sure <laughs> no i will say you know I, I, out of all the stuff on there that uh scout uh hmm. blast tech ec17 uh, the blaster on that thing I, that was one of my favorite action figures back in the day would you rather have the dl44 or or the uh, well, it's, EC-17. that's Han's blaster. I mean, that I is that is badass. But dumb question. but damn it, the scout troopers, those things were bitching, man. Yeah, the, and those guns were really cool looking. Would you rather have two scout trooper blasters or one DL forty four? Oh damn it! Why do you have to stop wh- giving me choices? <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, episode 64 is officially in the books. That was fun. Boy, lots of Star Wars news happening. Fandom just needs to calm the hell down, first of all. Oh, by the way, before I forget, guys, we have a contest this week. And clearly only listeners of the Wretched High podcast that listen all the way through will know anything about it. We want your topic for the next High Five. We do. We really do. We want to hear from you. What should we come up with as the next high five? Give us your topic. Uh, call us on the Wretched Hive hotline, 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. If your topic is selected, you will win a complete set of trading cards from Rancho Obi-Wan. Oh. 
in Petaluma, California. And get this, the last card in the deck is signed by Steve Sansweet. Oh, damn, that's cool. That's a legit, so, nice. legit signature Look, we, there. Think we got to go, go over a little house rules, though. Okay. Yes, yes. we have some legal disclaimers, Greg. I think, uh, I think you'll cover that. Legal disclaimer being, if you share the name of the actor who portrays a Marvel superhero, <laughs> you are ineligible, sir. Ineligible. <laughs> All right, so... Let's see who are, who are we talking about here. We've got um, Chris Hemsworth. Chris, if your name is Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> you, you cannot win. Chris Pratt, you cannot Zoe win. Saldana. Zoe Saldana's cannot win. Scarlett Johansson can win. Oh. I don't care about your fucking legal disclaimer. All right, we'll give it to Scarlett. If, if Scarlett calls, I'm 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 sending her. A, what else? What other names do we have there? <laughs> Greg. Uh, who else? Chadwick Boseman. Not eligible. Right. Okay. If your name is Chadwick Boseman, you cannot win. Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. No Benedict Cumberbatch. There's one that you're leaving out. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Chris Evans, Captain America. Chris Evans. So. If your name is Chris Evans, <laughs> like with all yeah. the other Avengers actors, you cannot win. <laughs> I'm going to get so much hell for that. Uh, Guys, have a great couple of weeks. We will see you soon. And may the force be with us all.